Act One, Scene Two, of Rollo's Wild Oat, by Claire Coomer. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act One, Scene Two, the same at eight thirty the following evening. On rise. Stein, Camperdown, Mrs. Park Gales, Skitterling, and Houston discovered. Houston at the phone. The others waiting for Rollo. Houston speaking into phone. Yes, sir. They've begun to come in. Quite a few are here, sir. Not Miss Macduff. Not yet, sir. To the people assembled. Mr. Weber says, if you'll please make yourself quite at home. He'll be here directly. Goes into hall, right, where he stands ready to open door. Mrs. Park Gales, seated left of table, to Skitterling, who is standing above table with Camperdown. Mr. Skitterling, who is this Rollo Webster? Skitterling shrugs. Ask Mr. Stein. Who is Mr. Stein? Mrs. Park Gales to Stein, who is seated in chair by fireplace, right. Mr. Stein, tell me about Rollo Webster. Stein comes to her. Certainly, Mrs. Gales. What shall I tell you? Well, who is he? Has he talent? Has he... I don't know. But he has a grandfather, old Horatio Webster, the airbrake man. Oh, Horatio Webster. He was a great first-nighter. I think I've heard my grandmother speak of him. Enter Lucas. Houston takes his hat. Thanks. Comes down right center. Do you know Mrs. Park Gales, Mr. Lucas? Lucas crosses left to Mrs. Park Gales. Mr. Stein drops down right. Don't insult me, Mr. Stein. Of course I do. Why, George, I thought you were playing in Detroit at that new theatre. The art craft. No, my dear lady, I'm not. We rehearsed for three weeks, but they decided to turn it into a picture house. A great deal of craft and very little art. How horrible. The movies. Pictures are a great business. You take a picture and you got something. Yes, but what? You get all through with the actors, and there they are playing for you every night. If they're sick or dead, it don't make any difference. They are working for you just the same. Bell. Anything to make us work for nothing. Joins Camperdown and Skitterling. They cross to window seat left and sit. Studio buzzer. Houston admits Goldie. Houston takes her cloak and Goldie goes to chair. She has her little book of Hamlet. Stein, standing back of table... Hello, Goldie. Who is that? Miss Macduff. I don't know her. What is she going to play? Well, what do you suppose? There's only two lady parts in the play, ain't there? My office boy was reading it, and that's all he could find. She looks very young to play Ophelia. Yes, was Ophelia old? No one but an experienced actress should attempt it. Well, Mr. Webster is back on the show, and he wants this lady for Ophelia. I see. 
What a pity. I'll introduce you. Goes to Goldie. Goldie, I'll want you to meet the queen. Introducing. Mrs. Park Gales, Miss Macduff. Goldie crosses to right of table. I am very glad to meet you. How do you do, my dear? I'm so interested to hear that you are going to play Ophelia. Goldie sits. Yes, why Mrs. Gales? Because it is my favorite role. Was, I should say. I've not played the part for some years. Did you really enjoy playing it, Mrs. Gales? Oh, yes, indeed I did. I lived and breathed and was Ophelia. I used to behave very strangely in my dressing room after the performance, especially if there were flowers about. Oh, dear. I hope I won't. Enter Rollo. Houston takes his coat and stick. Rollo wears dinner coat. Good evening, everybody. Sorry I'm late. Lucas, Camperdown, and Skitterling rise and cross to left of center. Stein, introducing them. Well, Mr. Webster, here I am with the troop. Mr. Webster, Mr. Camperdown, Skitlin, and Lucas, Mrs. Potgales. Rollo, bowing to the ladies. Mrs. Gales, and Miss Macduff I've met. To Goldie. How have you been? Never mind. You needn't tell me. To Stein. Camper down for Polonius and Skitterling for the king? You guessed it, Mr. Webster. And Lucas is Ophelia's brother. We can't do much with just these, you know. You haven't even got a ghost. Don't you be worried, Mr. Webster. We will have a dandy ghost Monday. I can tell you even before the evening is over when we will open. Well, we won't open before we're ready, I suppose. Why not? These people all know their parts. There's no use going over them just for their enjoyment. I was talking to George Lucas, and I could hardly stop him from reciting the whole play from the beginning. Bell. Enter Lydia, admitted by Houston. Rollo. Rollo goes to her and leads her down right so they will not be heard. Goldie observes covertly and appears to be absorbed in her book. Rollo, Aunt Lane is downstairs. Why is she? Have you told her? Yes, she says the sooner we do it the better and get it over with. She'll be our friend against Grandfather. Does she know I don't want anyone to know you're related to me? Yes, we practiced my name in the cab. She wouldn't let me come without her. It wasn't necessary for you to come. I kept trying to tell you that all through dinner. Lydia, starting to cry. I thought you did. Don't cry now, and I'll introduce you to an actor. To Lucas. Mr. Lucas, Miss Julie Bowton. Lucas, pleased to meet her, takes Lydia to stairway. Lydia cheers up at once. Rollo speaks to Houston. Houston, ask Miss Lane to come up. Goldie, coming to Rollo. Mr. Webster, I don't really feel that I ought to go on with it. I think you must see how different I am from the rest of them. How out of place. Well, so am I. 
"'What a pity that Mrs. Pot Gales isn't young any more, so she could play Ophelia.' "'Yes. What a pity Methuselah died. He might be playing Hamlet instead of me.' "'Why not let Miss Bouton play my part?' "'Julie? Oh, she can't play anything. She wanted to be in it more, well, to see what's going on. You see, she's... Well, you know, she's a sweet little thing, but she's really an awful nuisance. Oh, I see. But I suppose she wasn't always a nuisance, was she? Bell, enter Aunt Lane. Just a moment. Don't move. I'll be right back. Crosses to Aunt Lane. Well, Rollo. This is very nice of you to let me come in upon you unexpectedly. How are you getting on? Why, I was getting on very well. I don't know just what to do about introducing you to these people. Why, certainly, Rollo. I don't mind meeting them in the least. Sits wing chair right. Stein goes center, back of group. Goldie, approaching. Excuse me, Mr. Webster. But I think I'd better go, really. No, I will not excuse you, Miss Macduff. My Aunt Lane. Going to the introducing heavily. Mr. Stein, my Aunt Lane. Mrs. Park Gales, my Aunt Lane. Don't go, please, Miss Macduff. I wish to speak to you. And Mr. Skitterling and Mr. Camperdown, Aunt Lane. Glancing anxiously in Goldie's direction. Mr. Lucas, Aunt Lane. Skitterling, Camperdown, and Lucas cross and bow center and go up left center. Lucas goes up to Lydia. Rollo goes to Goldie. Stein left of Aunt Lane. Aunt Lane to Stein. Mr. Lucas is a very handsome young man. Yes, Lucas is all right if he's had a hair cut. Are you an actor, Mr. Stein? No, I am the manager of the troupe. Rollo's not very strong, you know. I hope you won't let him play anything but some little part, where it won't matter much. He gets very nervous, and then he really should lie down. Well, if he lies down in this piece, I'm afraid it will be noticed. Has the play been named yet? Why, yes, it's been named a long time. It's Hamlet. Hamlet? Really? And is that Mr. Lucas going to play Hamlet? Glancing at Lucas. No, your nephew, Mr. Webster, is going to play Hamlet. Rollo, you're not serious, Mr. Stein. You certainly can't think that Rollo could play Hamlet. Why shouldn't he, with such a handsome aunt? Why, it's absurd. I must speak to him. Rollo! Stein, up to join Goldie. Rollo, to Aunt Lane. Rollo, I want to speak to you about this idea of yours of playing Hamlet. I supposed you were going to do some little thing that you had written yourself, like the charades you used to do with Lydia. But Hamlet... Is it true, Rollo, that you think of doing such a thing? 
Yes, Aunt Lane, it's true. What about it? Rollo, when I think of you in your preambulator, the dearest, sweetest, most considerate little baby I ever saw. Aunt Lane, I beg that you will forget my character in my perambulator. I have changed since then. Well, we'll just have to make the best of it and keep it from your grandfather as long as we can. I'm not going to take my own name. I'm using Rollster, a combination of Rollo and Webster. Rollster. <laughs> oh, Rollo, that's too ridiculous. It sounds like some kind of a mattress. I don't know why. I don't either, but it does. Excuse me, Aunt Lane. I have my business to attend to. Turning to the others. On Monday we'll start rehearsals. There's just one thing I'd like to make sure of now. That is, that the voices go together. My voice isn't very good this evening, Rollo. Uh, that doesn't matter. You won't need to use it. Why not have him harmonize? Stein goes left to piano bench, sits. Suppose we try a few lines those who are together in scenes. Suppose you know the part of Laertes, Mr. Lucas? Takes copy of Hamlet from his pocket. Yes, Mr. Webster, certainly. He comes down. Lydia sits on steps. Very good. It's important that your voice should suit Miss Macduff's. Mr. Lucas has a beautiful voice. Yes. <laughs> Miss Macduff. Will you come down? We'll start on My Necessaries Are Embarked. Lucas and Goldie down center. Lucas right center. Goldie left center. Rollo down right. Lucas picking it up. My Necessaries Are Embarked. Farewell. And sister, as the winds give benefit and convoy is assistant, do not sleep, but let me hear from you his hand on Goldie's arm. Uh, don't put your hand on her. No, sir, certainly not. Goldie, casting an inquiring look at Rollo. Shall I? Yes, go on. Will you just say that over again? Just the last line, please. Just the last line. But let me hear from you. Do you doubt that? For Hamlet and the trifling of his favor hold it a fashion and a toy in blood. A violet in the youth of priming nature, forward not permanent, sweet not lasting, the perfume and supplines of a minute no more. Goldie, softly and with raised eyebrows. No more but so? Think it no more for nature. Uh, skip to, and in the morn and liquid dew of youth. And in the morn and liquid dew of youth. He hesitates. Contagious blastments. Contagious blastments. To Rollo. Thank you. Not at all. Our most imminent. Be wary, then. Best safety lies in fear. Youth itself rebels, though none else near. Whatever that means. Capperdown and Skitterling look at him reproachfully. I shall the effect of this good lesson keep as watchman to my heart. But good my brother... Do not, as some ungracious pastors do, show me the steep and thorny way to heaven, 
Oh, dear, this spoils it all. Rollo goes to her. Lucas drops down right. What's the matter? This line, I can't. I just can't say it. Showing him in the book. Camperdown and Skitterling come down left center. Wiles like a puffed and reckless libertine, himself the primrose path of dalliance treads. You don't like to say that? Not the wiles like a puffed pot. Why not? Oh, I don't think it's nice. It's the reckless libertine I suppose you don't like? I couldn't say it. Come to think of it, I don't think she said it. We'll cut it out. Mrs. Park Gales, unable to restrain herself. Mr. Webster. Camperdown with Skitterling, advance. But Mr. Shakespeare said it. Are you going to improve on Shakespeare, Mr. Webster? Rollo crosses to Camperdown. Why not? If Miss Macduff had told Shakespeare that Ophelia wouldn't have said it, he'd have said, wouldn't she? That's all. He'd have changed it. He was a nice fellow, you know. Nothing godlike or disagreeable about him. And there's no reason why, just because he's dead, Ophelia should go on saying that line. Puffed and reckless libertine is rather disgusting. Sounds more like Polonius. Mrs. Park Gales, rising and coming center. Excuse me, Mr. Webster, but it's all in the way of saying it, if you'll pardon a suggestion. Just give Mr. Lucas a look, dear. To Goldie. When you say that, let me show you. Crosses to Lucas. Passes Goldie right with a jaunty look at Lucas. Put your arm around me, George. Lucas to Rollo. May I? If she wants you to. Do not, as some ungracious pastors do, show me the steep and thorny way to heaven, whiles like a puffed and reckless libertine. A little nudge here helps it. You can do that, can't you? Why, I suppose I could. Crosses back center. Mrs. Park Gales crosses to Rollo. But I don't want her to do it, Mrs. Gales. Ophelia wouldn't have done it. Oh, but I've played the part so many times, Mr. Webster, and I always did it. In fact, I was asked to do it. It helps, Mr. Lucas. I don't think Mr. Lucas needs any help. And what I want Miss Macduff to do is to act like Ophelia, not like an actress playing Ophelia. Oh, well, just one thing, my dear. To Goldie. Don't swallow continually the way you do. I'm sure Ophelia didn't do that. I know. It's dreadful. I can't help it. It's because I'm nervous. Rollo to Goldie. Do it. Of course Ophelia did it. Wasn't she nervous? Swallow and skip to, whilst himself the primrose path of dalliance treads. Mrs. Park Gales sits right of table. Whilst himself the primrose path of dalliance treads, and wrecks not his own reed. Oh, fear me not, I stay too long. But here my father comes. Shall I come in, Mr. Webster? Yes, for a minute. Camperdown strides to Lucas. Yet here, Laertes, aboard, aboard for shame. 
the wind sets in the shoulder of your sail, and you are stayed for. There, my blessing with you. Laying his hand on the top of Lucas's head, which Lucas does not enjoy. That will do. It's all right. To Goldie. I wish there was more of you. Camperdown, with sarcasm. Won't you have time to write something in before we open, Mr. Webster? What do you mean? Well, I only thought... Mr. Camperdown, an actor should never think at rehearsals. Some people can't help thinking, Mr. Stein. Displeased. Crosses to Skitterling. Lucas to Goldie. As soon as we get easy, I think you will be happy in the scenes we have together. Do you? They start up center together. Rollo follows, taking Goldie back. Lucas sits on steps with Lydia. You'd better sit here by Aunt Lane. Aunt Lane to Goldie. My dear, you'll make a lovely Ophelia. Oh, Miss Lane, do you think so? I feel that Shakespeare hates me so already I can hardly stand it. Oh, but you mustn't feel that way, must she, Rollo? That Shakespeare hates her? Why, he's just standing around somewhere hoping she won't hate him. Try the soliloquy, Rollo. Go on, try it. Uh, I'd rather not, if you don't mind. I wouldn't make any changes, Rollo. Didn't somebody say we should neither add nor take away from it? That was the Bible, dear. Oh, so it was. I think we'll wait until the cast is complete before we rehearse any more. I'm having a little supper served in the grill. Won't you all go down, please? Aunt Lane, let Mr. Stein take you down. I don't think I will, Rollo. Of course you will. It's jolly down there. I've ordered crab meat especially for you. Why, how could you when you didn't know I was coming? Well, I was afraid you would. Go along. There's a dear. Mr. Stein, will you take down Aunt Lane? Aunt Lane, glancing at Lydia. Oh, Rollo. How about Miss Boughton? Miss Boughton? Lydia, who has become absorbed with Lucas. What's the matter? Supper in the grill. Uh, Mr. Lucas, will you take Miss Boughton? With pleasure. Exit Aunt Lane, Stein, Lucas, and Lydia. Won't you gentlemen take down Mrs. Parkgales? To Camperdown and Skitterling as they start for the door. Skitterling, returning to Mrs. Park Gales. I beg your pardon, Mrs. Gales. So do I, I'm sure. Pray don't. I never blame people for hurrying to eat when they're hungry. As for me, I had a hearty dinner not so long ago. Spoken as they move arm in arm to door right and exit. Rollo to Goldie, who starts toward the door. Are you hungry? No, Mr. Webster. Then wait a minute. I have something I want to say to you. What is it, Mr. Webster? I've forgotten. But haven't you something you want to say to me? Yes, Mr. Webster. You shouldn't have sent me the roses. Goldie crosses left center. Rollo right center. I should. But I do wish you'd tell me where you live. 
I'd like to be able to address my own roses, instead of sending them to a drug store. I wouldn't mind telling you, but I'm so afraid you might come to see me. Oh? You wouldn't want me to do that? No, there really isn't room. Isn't room? Well, there's a hall outside, isn't there? Yes, but I wouldn't like to have you standing in the hall. I could bring a chair with me. I've never had such a curiosity to see an apartment. You really must let me come and just look at it through the keyhole. It really isn't an apartment, you see. It's just a room and bath and kitchenette. To tell the truth... If you're going to tell the truth, uh, perhaps you'd better sit down. Goldie, sitting, as he suggests, at left of table. There really isn't any kitchenette. I mean, the bath and kitchenette are the same. Rollo, sitting at right of table. Oh, they are? I have a little alcohol lamp and I make coffee in the bathtub. Then when the lamp explodes it doesn't set fire to anything. You must give me your word of honor. Never to do that again. Why, there isn't the slightest danger. I make coffee and boil eggs and make toast every morning, because we don't like to go out for breakfast. Besides, there's the baby. Oh, your baby? Oh, no, I wish it was. My sister's baby, such a darling. She's been staying with me, but she went out west yesterday and took the baby with her. That's why I'd been crying. Oh, I see. She quarreled with her husband because he gave up an awfully good position in an automobile factory to go into the movies. He's very good-looking. So Tilda left him and came east. But now he's gone back to the factory and had quite a raise in salary, so she's gone back to him. And taken the baby? Yes. Oh, well, maybe she'll send it on occasionally. I should think it would have been pretty crowded. You and Tilda and the baby, all in one bathtub. Room, I mean. It didn't seem so. The baby was a tiny little thing. It had great big blue eyes and curls all over its head. I know. They often do. The dearest thing was the way it would go to sleep in my arms. It really... well, it seems ridiculous to say it but it seemed to go to sleep better for me than for Tilda. I don't think that is surprising at all. It was so wonderful to sit and watch it. It looked just like an angel, and it gave you the most beautiful feeling that you weren't doing anything at all, and yet were doing the most important thing in the world, putting a baby to sleep. Yes, it is important. For if they didn't go to sleep, it would drive all the rest of us crazy. We had a gardener once whose baby never went to sleep. It cried all night, and we had to discharge him. Why, the poor little thing. What do you suppose was the matter with it? Oh, I don't know. Babies are like human beings, I think. Some of them just downright disagreeable and dissatisfied with everything. This baby's mother had splendid bread, too. I used to sneak down to the cottage often, for bread and sugar. Maybe the baby wasn't old enough to appreciate bread and sugar. I know. But why not look ahead a little, even if you are a baby? Why not look ahead a little even if you're not? 
Do you mean anything by that? Yes. Of course, I've no right to say it, so I won't. Tell me about yourself when you're at home. I suppose you have a home. Good heavens! I should say I had. I don't like to think of it. However, what sort of thing would you like me to tell you? Oh, about the house and where it is and what you do. Well, let's see. It's a large, rambling old house in the country. The only trouble is, it never rambles. It stays right there. And is there a garden? And has it roses in it? I should say so. Old-fashioned roses about as big as a quarter, with hundreds of leaves, and thousands of rosebugs. Oh, how lovely. And has it got mignonette in it, too? Oh, Lord, yes. Awfully big, fat mignonette, and bluebells, and campanulas, and laburnum, and dulcinium, and coreopsis, and cockalorums, and all those things. Oh, it must be lovely. Now what shall I tell you? What do you do? Nothing much. I ride some. Oh, I've always wanted to do that. On horseback, you mean? Yes, on and off. I started when I was only five, and I got thrown, and broke my shoulder and my collarbone and my nose all the first year. It isn't quite right yet. Feeling nose. Maybe you've noticed it? No, I just thought it was sort of Roman. No, it's sort of Shetland. Tell me about the family. Oh, it's just Grandfather and Lydia and Aunt Lane. What an odd name. Yes, I had two Aunt Annas, so Grandfather decided to call one by her last name. That was Aunt Lane. She was very angry, and she came to see Grandfather about it. And she's lived with us ever since. And what is your grandfather like? Rollo, frowning. Oh, he's a terror. Wants everyone to do what he wants. What does he want you to do? He'd like to have me interested in air brakes. Air brakes? Tell me about them. Well, when you're on a train and it gives a lurch, and all the people sitting down are thrown on the floor, and all the people standing up are thrown on top of them. That's the air brakes working. I've always wondered what that was. I should think you'd want to do something about it. I don't. The only thing I want to do is to have you tell me, if everything should come out all right, to have you tell me... Enter Houston. Coughs discreetly. Uh, something about your grandmother? I'm afraid they can't hold a table much longer, sir. Well, why don't you get a quiet table they can hold? I think we had better go, Mr. Webster. She starts off. Oh, dear. I don't like the idea of that restive table. Houston, can't you make us an omelet or something? I suppose not. Follows Goldie off. Houston stalks across the stage in Shakespearean style. Ah, uh, yes, yes, indeed. 
those were the days. Tis not alone my inky cloak, good mother, nor customary suits of solemn black, nor windy suspiration of forced breath, no, nor the fruitful river of the eye, nor the dejected behavior of the visage, together with all forms, modes, shapes of grief. Bell. Startled back to the reality of his position, he goes to door. Admits Lydia and Lucas. Lydia, sitting on arm of chair, right. I want my cape, Houston. My hat, please. To Lydia. Why can't I take you home? Oh, you're awfully kind, but I'm going with Miss Lane. You see, we're stopping at the same hotel. Well, can't I take you both? What hotel is it? Well, it isn't really a hotel. It's the Colony Club. Aunt Lane likes it. She always stops there. Aunt Lane? Is she your aunt? Lydia crosses to center, followed by Lucas. Oh, dear, you won't tell, will you? Of course not. If you don't want me to. Rollo doesn't want anyone to know, because people might think he let me be in the play just because I'm his sister. I see. You haven't told me yet what part you're playing. I didn't like to. It's so small. It's prologue. Oh, prologue. For us and for our tragedy? Yes. You see, I've never played a part before. I see. I wish we had some scenes together. Ah, oh, it's awfully kind of you to say so. Houston brings Kate to place on Lydia's shoulders. Lucas takes it from him and performs the service. And if I can be of any help to you, you mustn't hesitate to call upon me. Oh, thank you. I'm sure you can. You speak so beautifully. Do you think so, really? Oh, yes. Why, everything you say sounds just like Shakespeare. I mean, I mean, I can't imagine you saying anything just ordinary, like, what time does the train go, or anything like that. I suppose you do, though, sometimes. You're awfully amusing. Am I? I wish I were. I live such a secluded life that I don't know whether I am or not. Houston approaches with a hat. Is this your hat, sir? Lucas, barely glancing at it. No. You live in the country, don't you? Yes, with my grandfather at Shellbrook. He has a very large place, and he's awfully lonely, so we have to live with him. I see. But don't you like the country? I long so for the birds and flowers at this season of the year. Long for my own country place in the hills of Surrey. Yes, at this season of the year it's beginning to be nice, but in winter it's so terribly cold. Lucas, curious about the house. But you have steam heat, don't you? Not outdoors. And, oh, it's not life in the country, is it? Neither is this. I don't know where we can find life. Real life. Houston, with another hat. Is this your hat, sir? No. To Lydia. I sometimes find it in a book. Sometimes on my horse galloping in the teeth of the wind. Sometimes in a pair of friendly eyes. I know exactly what you mean. Phone rings. Lydia crosses to mirror on wall left. Houston, answering phone. Yes, sir. Very well, sir. To Lydia. I'm to take down all the wraps, and your Aunt Lane's cab is here, miss. My hat, please. Houston brings the wraps and all three hats, which he extends. Lucas takes one. I offered you that one, sir. Thanks very much. 
Aren't you forgetting this? Picking up Goldie's wrap. I was told to forget it, sir. Rollo entering. Hurry along, Houston. To Lydia. Miss Bowton, are you going? Exit Houston. Lydia, crossing briskly right. Yes, Mr. Webster. Miss Lane is waiting. I know it. I hope your play will be a great success. Seeing Goldie's rap. There's someone's rap. Houston's a stupid idiot, isn't he? Isn't he? But then, so is almost everybody. With a meaning look. Oh, excuse me. I didn't understand. Didn't understand what? It's your wild oat. Good night. Good night. Lydia and Lucas exit. Rollo lights cigarette, gets pillows from window seat, and puts them in wing chair, humming blushing June roses. Enter Houston. Have they gone, Houston? Why, some of them have, and some of them haven't, sir. There was a taxi, and quite an argument about how many could get into it. I see. Shall I close up, sir? Why should you? It begins to dawn upon me that you don't know very much, Houston. Perhaps not, sir. A man in the city is quite different from a man in the country, Houston. Yes, sir. And the service he requires is different. A little intelligence in the city is quite desirable sometimes. I don't know if I make myself clear. Well, I'm sure I don't, if you don't, sir. I told you to keep Miss Goldie's cloak here. And you did it? And shouldn't I have done it, sir? You should. But you don't suppose it's going to end there, do you? What, sir? Rollo, with a gesture of impatience. <sighs> you win, Houston. Listen, will you? When Miss Macduff comes for her cloak, when she enters the door, which I will open, I want you to come from that point. What point, sir? That chair. Which chair, sir? The second chair, where you will be standing with the cloak and be saying, Look, sir, Miss Goldie's cloak has been forgotten. Yes, sir. It isn't possible that you understand me. Yes, sir, I do. Let's see you do it, then. Rollo gives him the wrap. Goes to door, admitting imaginary person. Houston, carefully taking position, tragically. Look, sir. Miss Goldie's cloak has been forgotten. Yes, but don't be so gloomy about it. After all, it doesn't amount to anything. No, sir. What's the matter? Well, sir, if I might suggest something. Certainly. Go ahead. I wouldn't say... Miss Goldie, sir. Oh. No, sir. I'd say Miss Macduff. I think I could speak it much more naturally with that alteration. Certainly. Say what seems natural. Only convey my meaning. Houston, pleased. Yes, sir. She's a lovely girl, Houston. Her only fault is that she doesn't think she can play Ophelia. But when you think of other people's faults, uh, that isn't much. I have the greatest admiration and respect for her. 
and if anyone were to say anything against her in my presence their life wouldn't be worth the straw looks a little fiercely at houston i understand sir bell rollo motions houston back in position goes to the door and opens it admitting mr stein houston not seeing him fatuously oh look sir miss macduff's cloak has been mislaid left here quite unbeknownst i should say stein taking cloak just what i came for thank you good night mr webster exits rollo looks at houston with disgust curtain end of act one scene two